welcome to Anime Cons TV, where you're a source for anime convention news and, of course, convention reports. My name is Doug Wilder. Can you believe it, guys? We're actually at our last convention report of 2019. We've gone through the year, and we've gone to a lot of conventions, done a lot of stuff, seen a lot of things, and we're now at the last report. For me, it was NYC this year. It was November 15th through the 17th at the Jacob Javits Center in New York City. This was the convention's third year. Uh, unfortunately, I missed it last year. I had to back out of going to, to some unforeseen circumstances, but just in the year gap, it really seems like it's exploded with attendance. It's gotten a lot more people in the convention center, that's for sure. Um, I actually stayed further away this year uh, for lodging, um, just kind of for financial reasons. Um, I was able to come in and uh, not check into my hotel room until Friday instead of a Thursday, and I stayed a little bit further away, maybe about a 30-minute subway uh, ride with a little bit of walking at the end. Um, and that was a nice benefit to save some money because hotels in New York City are expensive, and I know, unfortunately, not everyone has that luxury, either if they're coming in from further away or something like that. They need to make sure they're ha they get in on Thursday night. So... That's one factor, but it's, again, nice thing about New York is there's a lot of neat places to check out. You can also either add a day before or after play tourist if you can afford it, uh, things like that. There's lots of great restaurant options. Um, I was thankful to have some friends that showed me some really good places to go. The big thing that stood out to me this year was just how much bigger the dealer's room and artist alley were this year. Um, like two years ago where the artist alley was in a completely separate room, this year, the Artist Alley and the Dior's Room were all in the same ex exhibit hall space. The show floor was just massive. Lots of vendors, lots of artists. And I'm kind of mixed on this. On one hand, more things to check out. On the other hand, it felt like this was kind of the sh focus of the show, was to get, and get you to spend money. Um, I do like that there's a lot of different artists to check out. That was really neat. Um, but... The other thing that stood out to me was how the kind of uh, layout was labeled. Um, the, uh, vendor booths were uh, numbers, I think they're like 100 to 2,000, you know, by hundreds. Um, and artists were letters, you know, A, B, C, D, etc. But these were, the signs for these were kind of hard to find. Like the artist alley, they were only on the edge of each lane. And in the dealer's room area, there was the only kind of in the middle of each lane and it was just a sign on the floor not like a big sign above or you know multiple signs uh uh throughout so if you were trying to meet a friend and you you know texted or called and said hey uh meet me at row uh the booth 1536 well first you'd have to find where the sign was for the 1500s and get an idea and then try and navigate and just for as tall as the ceilings are at the convention center in the, this exhibit hall space and the l amount of large banners that you saw see all over the convention it's really kind of strange that they didn't have hanging banners for labeling stuff i think it would have made things a little bit easier to navigate and especially if you're trying to find a specific booth for a vendor or artist that you really wanted to check out um the other thing is just because there was a lot going on there was a lot of noise in the dealer's room, some events, uh, booths were, you know, blasting music or other things. There was a couple of booths that were doing, like, giveaway events, and so they would just create a master, massive, uh, 
traffic jam kind of in the middle of the show floor, which made it was really frustrating if you had no interest in what was going on and were trying to navigate that. That was really frustrating. I always really appreciate it when uh, conventions kind of put a limit on how much noise that a booth can be generating and also how much uh, st um, how much they're doing for giveaways and kind of schedule them a little bit better and things like that. So, mixed bag, again, it was neat to see a lot of stuff, but I, th I think it could be better, and I, I really do worry that this is going to become a big focus of this convention and it's going to kind of other programming is going to suffer of course one of the big a uh, couple of big draws that they had this year um they had a bunch of musical acts including jam project um and the big big one and one of the reasons i decided to go back again this year was they got yoshiyuki tomino who was the original creator and director of mobile suit gundam and who's he's a guest that's getting up there in age, so he's and he doesn't go to American conventions very often, so this was a big chance. Um, I appreciated that one of the ways they did um, autographs for this was they had a lottery system that you had, oh, did in advance. You filled out a online form with your name, and they were very clear. It had to be you picking it up. You had to show your photo ID. It had to be the name on your photo ID had to match the name you submitted, and everything like that which was really good. Um, just one strange part to me was they also included trivia questions that you had to answer in the form. And this seems so weird because it couldn't be like a spam bot thing because it was just a Google form. The placement of the questions stayed the same every time, so you couldn't just keep like auto... Uh, you could easily auto-reply. And also these trivia questions were things you could find within just five minutes of going on Google, it was really kind of strange. It's like, it felt like it was just making more work for both the attendees and the uh, convention staff. I don't really understand what purpose it served other than to feel like it was almost gatekeeping. Again, especially because these are answers that you could easily find elsewhere, and since the form didn't change, it wasn't like it was preventing people from and just sp spamming the form. So I, I don't know why it was, but the benefit of the lottery system is it is arguably the most fair system for autographs because, yeah, you know, right right in, right in before you get in the door whether or not you've got the autograph stuff. So if you didn't win the lottery, I mean, yeah, it stinks if you don't, if you've paid for a pass and you really wanted to see this guest and didn't get the uh, uh, lottery, but at the same time, you're not wasting in line, uh, time in line for potentially getting nothing. So, as I mentioned, uh, programming, like Yoshiyuki Tomino was a big draw. They had a big uh, Q&A event, which was really neat. Um, they, he answered some good questions. Um, they had a moderator answering some stuff. Um, but I will say this, there was kind of a cringe-worthy moment of it. The very second question from the audience, even though they said, hey, you know, no, no stories, things like that, just have, uh, just questions, this very second person in line wanted to tell a story, and it was a awkward moment because, you know, the audience is kind of saying, boo, you know, just get to the question, ask the question, and the uh, person who wants to tell the story is getting a little upset and things like that and that's just making the audience react even more and nobody really looked good in this situation it was really unfortunate 
Um, I think one of these things, that the way this could easily have been prevented is, you know, you had the two microphones for people to line up and they switch back and forth. Just put a staff member right by those microphones, having them screen the questions before they ask, you know, making sure that they're in. And when it's clear that the person's um, just rambling, you have to just say, sorry, questions only, no stories, and keep going. And you have to be a little rude, but this is the way you keep it, because big prolific creators like, say, Yoshiyuki Tumino are going to draw a crowd like that, and a lot of people do want to pour their hearts out. And unfortunately... No, that prevents other people from asking their questions. So again, a simple way to fix that would be to put a staffer there. Uh, the thing I would notice about programming was there wasn't a lot of fan-generated programming. It very felt very industry-focused. Like there was a lot of big screening events, things like that. You know, uh, industry members running things like that. Not a lot of fan programs. And I think this is a setback that the convention is facing right now because I think. There is a lot of space in the Jacob Javits Center, and they're slowly getting more and more space. I think finally next year they will have it all. I mean, I, I need to double-check that, but they need to just get uh, do a layout that they can get more seated programming so people aren't clogging the halls as much, and they can go do more things. So I'd really like to see that doing. Another thing that Yoshiki Tomino did is the East, they had a premiere screening of the first... Uh, Gundam Rekongista and G or G Reco uh, Gundam uh, movie and a Q&A session there and again it was really neat to see but it was a big industry thing and it was a big event so there was a big line beforehand and then you had to wait to get in so I don't know uh, the other last really noteworthy one was they had a premiere screening of the new Makoto Shinkai film Weathering With You which is a huge, huge uh, movie premiere. I mean, everyone saw, everyone and their brother saw Your Name, and now there's uh, this movie coming out, and everyone wanted to see that. And that was, again, it was like Sunday afternoon, one of the last events of the uh, convention, but because it's such a big draw, everyone was lining up. Meanwhile, they had a loop on uh, the third movie, dub premiere, and it was just in a small panel room. Which, uh, you know, one, it's counter-programming to the Shinkai event, but on the other hand, it's like, it felt almost neglected. So, I don't know there what's going on there, and I kind of wonder why they're doing so much programming that are, should be highlights that late into the event. So, it's something to work on, something they could do better. Uh, speaking of these fan panel rooms, I did go to a couple ones. Um, I went to the Gogo Curry, which is a Japanese curry chain that's slowly getting more and more storefronts in America. Um, the people running it were very enthusiastic, very fun. Um, they had both started as cashiers and have now gone on to other jobs within the company and did a lot of fun, of fun things there. They were really enjoyable, and it was neat to kind of see how they talked about both like what is Japanese curry and things like that, as well as just had fun and they talked about what they've been doing to get kind of known at within the anime convention scene they mentioned that when they were at anime next um which is something i'm i've commented on when they were there they did really well they served like 2,000 portions of uh curry at, during the throughout the weekend which is incredible and they were on track to just surpass that by leaps and bounds at anime nyc so they talked about that um and had a panel 
They were just kind of talking about the website and things that they did there. Um, these panel rooms were a little strangely set up. Um, they were very long rooms, so like if you, you really wanted to be more in the middle in the audience seats, if you were off to the side, it was a little hard to see. And the other thing about these rooms, and something that really drove me a little nuts, was that the projectors for people to have like a slide deck or something on there were really low to the ground and right by the aisle where people would be possible walking out if they were leaving. So throughout a lot of these events, if you were leaving, you were walking right in front of the projector because there was no other way unless you really ducked down. And it just seemed like a bad setup that you the projector wasn't set up to in a place that it wasn't going to have uh, people walking in front of it or set higher. And even in the uh, G-Reco uh, screening room, even that room, which was probably the second biggest like uh, programming room that they had, still the projector was so low to the ground that people could walk in front of it. And it just, it seems like a very basic uh, AV thing that someone should be noticing and someone should be paying attention to and saying, hey, maybe we should put the projector somewhere that people aren't going to walk in front of it. I know, I know maybe I'm just crazy, but... I've been to plenty of other conventions where that's never been a problem. Either they put the projector on a riser, it's actually set up behind the screen and flipped, so it's not showing up there. There's plenty of ways to do it. So there's that. Um, again, there's a lot of little things like that. I still had fun. Um, it definitely felt more crowded just walking around the halls, seeing a lot more people. They had some other little things here and there. Um, even the photo shoot area, the designated photo shoot area, um, was just kind of one section of floor that was in the area leading to the, uh, some of the panel rooms. And it was very crowded. Like I did the, um, Gundam photo shoot, which was really well organized, um, by someone on Twitter called, uh, Nanopocalypse. They ran a great photo shoot, but we were all still on the floor in the middle of an area and so you had to kind of break off and find a section for us even though we were kind of an officially sanctioned photo shoot by the convention again i want to give a shout out to everyone that went there we had a lot of fun it was a lot of great people and something that stood out to me there was since gundam's a huge franchise there's lots of different series different timelines things like that everyone was just excited about gundam and everyone was really making each other Everyone felt welcome. There was no real elitism or anything like that between the fans. Everyone was just sharing a good time. But um, if you looked at where the fan panels were from that scene, it looked very empty. It looked like they could have set up more rooms. So I think one of the ways they could really get more people off the floor and into seeing more things is have again i keep bringing it up but more fan panels because this is seated programming it's something for people to do it's a really good because then you can sit down enjoy some content you're getting more programming from people more stuff going on and then it feels like people aren't just hanging around looking for what to do and it's a good counter programming against some of those bigger events because maybe not everyone wants to see that big event um, maybe not everyone can get into that event. There's a different, you know, variety of reasons. So I would kind of charge Anime NYC to really uh, promote and request more fan panels 
uh, from uh, people, and I think it's a really good thing. And if they use their the function space better, you're going to see this succeed a lot more, and you're going to get a lot more activity and reception from fans because you know we're all anime fans, and what conventions really should be about are fans at interacting with their fellow fans. So overall. I still think two years ago was a much better experience. I still had a very good time. It's really neat to see that this convention keeps getting a lot of neat Gundam content because that's something that's uh, of my interest, uh, something I really enjoy. But I worry that this convention is growing a little too quickly and not finding enough things for the attendees uh, to do and to keep them busy other than tell them to check out the, the uh, dealer's room uh, floor and just keep browsing and spending money. So, I still enjoy it, but I, I want to see it get better, and I don't want it to turn into um, just the uh, kind of the anime expo of the East Coast. I think it would be a disservice to what it was originally and what it could become if it just only becomes another Comic-Con. And I know a lot of people have said that this has been better than New York Comic Con's anime programming, which is a great thing, but I worry that they're going to fall into the trap of becoming too much like that and of not focus on the fans and the fans generating the content and things like that. So that's it for me. If you went to Anime NYC or if you had any other convention experiences recently, don't forget to reach out to us. You can always send us an email. Uh, we're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we're on Tumblr, we're all over the place. Just look up AnimeCon uh, TV, you're sure to find us. Uh, look forward to our year, uh, year in review where we're going to talk about all our convention experiences this year all together. And we're going to start getting ready for 2020, which will be another great year for conventions. So, I'm Doug Wilder, and we'll see you guys again soon. Um, in many of your works, besides Gundam and beyond, you kind of show that war is a very horrific event that it creates a lot of suffering and stuff, but at the same time, war often brings kind of an innovation to technology, and technology springs ahead because of research during the war effort. Do you ever feel that you try and reconcile those two, that complicated idea that even though there's horrible events, there's great innovation happening? あの、監督自身はどう思われてやっぱりその面も作品に含めようと思ったことはありますでしょうか I actually think it's almost the opposite in that I feel that there's more technology that was invented for useful things and in, in times of peace that were then turned around and used in warfare um, instead. For a great example of that is dynamite. 
it was first developed to help uh, make mining more efficient, and yet all of a sudden we turn around and they're using it on the battlefield. So I actually think it's the opposite. ですから戦争というシーンを扱ってあの物語を作る場合にたとえ子供向けのものでもあってもハッピーエンドに終わらせるという戦闘シーンを描くことはできませんでした。And thus I feel that、um, even in stories aimed for children,、uh, if, if I were to incorporate some sort of conflict or、uh, war in it, that I could not depict a happy ending because that's not what happens in real life. もちろん巨大ロボットものというジャンルが始まった頃に、えー、子供向けに純然たる、えー、娯楽としての戦闘ものもやってみましたけれどもその仕事を5年ぐらいやりましたかねで結局そういうものに飽きる飽きた結果が僕の場合には機動戦士ガンダムの作品になりましたので、えー、基本的に。もう子供向けに作るということ自体を嫌になったっていうのは。So in fact,、um, when the giant robot genre really kind of came into being in Japan,、uh, you know, it was truly a pure, purely entertainment medium for kids.、Uh, but and and even though some of these projects involved war, and I was kind of, a, I had about five years. In the field of working on such things, I just got tired of it. And, but on the other hand, because I got tired of it, it that ended up resulting in Gundam. <laughs> so,、uh, but I just didn't want to keep making things for kids、uh, that were war that was supposed to be purely entertainment. Thank you.